with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Yes, a very good evening everybody. Welcome into Full Time with myself, Martin Quilty, on this Monday evening. It is the 10th of July and as always, our dinner is ready. .ie text and WhatsApp line is available for contact this evening. 083 306 9696. We have a busy show lined up for you. Five-time All-Star winner and RT analyst John Milan is going to be joining me very, very soon to talk about the hurling game yesterday. I will have Joe Coyne on to discuss Premier League darts. Anya Farrell will be joining me in studio to talk about the Camogie yesterday. Kevin Regan from the Left Wing Podcast will be having a chat with me about the Carlo Senior Hurling Championship. We'll have a sports roundup, Electric Player of the Week and also the David Buggy Sports Star Award announcement as well. That's all coming up later on so don't go anywhere. But first of all we are going to talk about that epic game that we had in Crow Park yesterday. The All-Ireland Senior Hurling Semi-Final it was Kilkenny and Clare and one of RTE's analysts and as I say already, a five-time All-Star winner, Mr. John Milan, is joining me on the phone. John, how are you this evening, good sir? How are you getting on, Martin? I am great, thank you. It's the first time the dinner is going to go cold for a Kilkenny, man. You're doing well to get me on. Ah, well, I'm sure now you'll be able to heat it up in a little while. Uh, Maybe Uh, maybe RTE can sponsor a microwave up for you there as well, you never know. it won't have the same texture as being, you know, just being just off the, off the cooker, man. You know, you're just putting it in the microwave. Come here to me. What a day yesterday between Kilkenny and Clare in that epic semi-final. It was two great semi-finals overall, but you were in Croker yesterday as well. As a Waterford man um, and as a, a former hurler as well, how did you see the game panning out yesterday? Give us your overall thoughts on the match. Ah, well, look, I suppose, look, from a Kilkenny point of view, Kilkenny do what Kilkenny do best, and that's win all Ireland semi-finals. But I suppose their hand was helped by how the way Clare set up in the first half. I don't think Clare helped themselves. I think they played into Kilkenny's hands by going with the extra body at the back, the sweeper. I suppose the sweeper now, they're now calling it the plus one. Uh, and I think look, Clare's strength all year have been, you know, their forward line. They've been shooting the lights out, you know. They've actually taken on Limerick in that department where they've gone toe to toe and you know, they've taken many risks. Uh but yesterday I suppose, you know, there was an element of fear off the back of, of, of the previous fixture uh last year when, when they when they got off to such a bad start and the game was effectively over at half time. But I suppose the fact that, you know, I could see the logic behind it if 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 John Conlon was missing, Conor Cleary was missing, uh, and McInerney. But the fact that they had all those three lads back, uh, I didn't feel it needed to go with the sweeper from, from the get-go. And for me, I think it played a big part in, in, in why Kilkenny won and why Kilkenny lost, or why Clare lost yesterday. Well, it certainly didn't help their cause. I mean, Galway, or not Galway, I should say, Clare had more possessions in that game, 65 to 59. They had more shots, 42 to 36. Kilkenny had more scores at the end of the day. They were more economical with them. And as you always say, if you take your chances, it's going to win games. But I suppose the turning point came, that goal that uh, Owen Cody got in the second half. A mistake from the clear defence as well. The short ball certainly didn't work for them. It was turned over, but Cody done well to finish it. Oh, absolutely! I suppose. Look, what did he? Well, he picked up one five, and from what I'm hearing, he's eight shots at the eight shots at the post, and 
was it eight, eight no, was it, was it seven shots at the post and he had a re, return of, of, of 1-5 but <clears throat> yeah again look I, I go back to it you know time and time again you, you see it and look I, I think it's off the back of the first half how often have we seen teams having to invest so much energy into trying to get back into the ma- into the match now look you could you could say that look the, the margin was only five points at half time but Five points was was a massive amount, uh, Martin. You know, particularly when you're playing Kilkenny in an All Ireland semi final. You know, you'd rather be having having a five point lead rather than chasing chasing a five point lead. So Clare had to go and invest an enormous amount of energy in that second half. And look, we've seen it time and time again where a team would would come back into the match. They sometimes they go ahead. And then that's where they're prone to errors and, you know, they can switch off and mistakes can happen. And that's basically what happened. And look, we've seen it in the Leinster final. You know, Galway, they were, what, eight or nine points down in that Leinster final. Again, invested so much to to get back level. Then they pushed ahead. And, you know, you've you seen in the Leinster final, they were prone to, to making a, a big mistake near the end, which... which uh, had a big bearing on the result when when, Kil- when Killian Buckley stuck it in the back of the net. And again, you know, that happened yesterday. You, you know, I think probably they're a bit casual. Uh, they switched off and there's no better no better men when you have the likes of Co- Cody, TJ, um, Billy, Billy uh, breathing down your neck. Billy Ryan, Billy yeah. Got the flick. Bill, Billy got the flick. Got it, got it off to uh, the TJ. But look, you TJ to just show, show all of his experience, wait for the pass, got a perfect pass down Cody and stuck it in the back of the net. I think the big one from in the second half was the was was the free on on Dermot Ryan conceded a free on, on Richie Hogan. Now Richie Hogan was brilliant when he came on, used all his experience. But I suppose look you 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 referee you know the refereeing scene, Marin, when and, and it's the ones that drive managers mad when you when with Richie Hogan he was actually going nowhere. He was boxed over in the corner. He had three clear men around him, and Dermot Ryan then comes in and, and leads with the shoulder yep. uh, across the head. That was a that was a pitiful free to give away. And TJ on the business got the margin out the, out the two, and you know uh, the cats had a, had a, had a bit of a cushion then going into squeaky bum time. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I suppose down the other end of the field then as well, that last chance that Clare got, or got even, what a save by Owen Murphy as well to, to keep the scoreline as it was and to keep Kenny in the ascendancy and in front as well. An unbelievable shot from the Clare player. I think actually it was uh, Peter... Was it Peter? Peter yeah, Peter yeah at, at the Peter first Hogan. end of it. But Owen Murphy, what a save. Oh, Aaron, I've watched it back 10 times. I've never seen a save like it. I, and, and I can't keep watching it. It's just, it's just one of those moments in sport, one of those moments in GA where, you know, we'll be watching that back in thirty, forty years' time. It's, you know, it's right up there with, you know, when you think of, you know, Crooks and getting that free against Dublin, Joe coming up with that big score in, in twenty seventeen. Oh man, it was, it was a sick, it was sick, sick, sick to look at. It. I mean, when you break, break, break it down, I mean, it's, 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 it's that moment. 71, 72 minutes, Peter Duggan sticks that ball in the back of the net where we're probably heading for extra time. Yep. Who knows, Clare could have got a winner. But you have a flood of bodies, 71, 72 minutes, he pulls on it. Like, I don't even t- think Owen Murphy can actually see that ball on the team. And it's the last, it's at the last second where 
he maneuvers his body, maneuvers his hands to get a touch on it. I mean, it's 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 a save for the ages. And as I as I touched on, you'll be talking about that in thirty forty years time. And and you know probably what was probably one of the most what was lovely to see was was his man on the field in the aftermath of the match. I I know, I know the family. You know Paddy Paddy the father used to coach us in um, two thousand. Lovely man. And and actually young Owen used to come in when he was eight years of age, poking the ball around. And I think I think the mother kind of realised. I think you know realised how, how big a moment it was and, and you know for, for Owen himself to share that moment with, he, with his mother in the aftermath yeah, uh, Bridget is some woman for the hurling I can tell you no no ah, better woman yeah no great family real humble family and uh, you know uh, what a man for, for, for Glenmore hurling like but uh, yeah and look he's been I mean the All-Star he, he's been tuning and throwing with, with Nicky Quay the last couple of years for the All-Star that's uh, that's an all star save and look you won't know like he's probably could could be in the the hurler of the year uh, department to himself and himself and own Cody you know yeah exactly come here to me I won't let the state go too much call for you any longer but uh, one quick thing I suppose Galway have a Kilkenny man managing him you were in Crow Park as well on Saturday at the Galway and the the Limerick game what did you make of that in relation to Henry Shefflin and the tactics with Galway as well uh, he's there now two years with them um, do you see progress being made under Shefflin or how did you see the game going because a lot of people felt that I think it was in around the 32nd minute where he only pushed the one player up in the forward line that that seemed to be Galway's downfall and that seemed to be the consensus with yourselves above an RT as well but overall where do you see the, the Shefflin area going and is he the right fella to keep uh, Galway progressing forward into the future. Ah, look, uh, Henry. Henry's an honest chap. He even said it in, in the aftermath of the match, he was asked the question, "Did you make progress this year?" And he said, well, "Look, you know, gone off the back of last year, they didn't make progress. Got to the semi final. Uh, would I look too much into? It's been a lot made of of um, him making the switch, playing one up top. But for me, I think the turning point in that game is is uh, Mike Casey's block on the on the line." That ball goes in the back of the net, Brian Cannon. Six that ball in the back of the net, Galway are nine points up. So instead of them being nine points up, they go, uh, Limerick go down the other end of the field, they get the next point, and it's it's effectively uh, a, a four point a four point swing, Marin. Yeah. And look, I've been there before, you know, where you're after investing so much in the first half, you're going in at half time, and you're looking around the dressing room, and you're, and you're looking at players and saying, lads, we're after investing so much, we're only, a, we're only a point up. Now, Henry probably would have been banging the drum at half time, saying, you know, we're still a point up. You know, we would have taken this before the match, but I was there back in 2002, where we, we played clear in the semi-final in 2002, and we, we dominated all the play with chance after chance, and Adam Markham hit us for a goal just before half time, and we went in a point down at half time. And sometimes you get a sense within the dressing room at half time that, you know, it, it doesn't bode well in, in, for, the, for the second half. And I'd say that feeling was there within the Galway dressing room that, you know, they were probably looking around with the body language dressing room saying, lads, we'll have to turn everything at this, at this. And we should have been probably seven or eight points up at half time. And look, we've seen it in, in the Munster final as well. You know, Claire, they missed those opportunities just before half time. And instead of going in possibly seven or eight points up at half time, they only went in three points up at half time. And, uh, you know, that can that can sometimes have a knock-on effect. And I'd say the feeling in the Galway gesture was that, you know, we're only a point up, but, you know, Limerick haven't hurried yet and they're going to come with a surge in the second half. And yeah. that's that's effectively what happened. And, you know, to answer your question about Henry, 
look, Henry Sheffield, there's no better man. If, I think if, if Henry has the appetite to keep going up the road for the, you know, for next year and possibly the year after, there's, there's no better man. I mean, who, who else is out there? You're not going to get any better. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's effectively down to Henry. Um, when he does have the conversation with probably the, the Galway County Board, like, is, is he going to stay on for one year? Is he going to stay on for the next two or three years? If he stays on for the next two or three years, you're looking at a rebuild. He's possibly going to have to have a conversation with a couple of the elder statesmen and the, and the Galway men who have been great servants to Galway over the years. Um, you know, i.e. are probably your, your lads who, who won the All-Ireland in 2017. If, if, if Henry wants to bring it in a different direction, if he's only there for one year, you're possibly looking that he's not going to have that conversation, that he's probably just going to probably bring in one or two more and see where it takes him next year. Will they be good enough to win the All-Ireland? Who knows? But look, we've seen it. We've seen it with Kilkenny. A lot of people are writing Kilkenny off and look, uh, Derek Ling has done a great job. He's he's getting the mix right between the, the young and the old and uh, he's getting rewarded with the results. Yeah, well, hopefully it's going to be an intriguing battle, I think, between Kilkenny and Limerick. John, my thanks for joining me here on Full Time. Our first time having a chat on the radio. It has been an absolute pleasure. No doubt I'll be meeting you somewhere along the field of play uh, as you uh, take on with De La Salle and your uh, Camogie players down there as well. And we'll surely come across one another again in the not-so-distant future. But for joining me this evening uh, and for disturbing your dinner, I do apologise. But thank you so much for it. Uh, really enjoyed that chat and we'll chat to you very soon. You're welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Bye. Perfect. That was John Milan, there, former Waterford hurler and five-time All-Star winner as well, having a chat with me. Right, just to let people know quickly, I don't have any word yet on the St. Mary's Mass in the Carlow Cemetery going ahead yet. We're expecting news at about half past six. Stay tuned because Edwina Grace will be letting me know whether it is on or off. So don't go anywhere. I have a quick break to take. When we come back, I'll be having a quick chat to Joe Coyne. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartzvolkswagen.ie. Your Monday night sports show. Full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Welcome back. We're going to go straight into it because Joe Coyne is joining me on the phone line to have a chat about the Premier League of Darts final that was held on Saturday evening last. Joe, how are you this evening? And Grand Martin and yourself? Ah, sure, not a bother at all at all. Flying through this because time has always catches up on me. But as I said, you did have the Premier League of Darts final last Saturday. Do you want to give us a rundown of how it went for you? I will, I will indeed. <clears throat> we had uh, the cup, the shield and the place. And in the place, all the finals went down to the last leg. Every single final, even the ladies' final between Anne-Marie Valley and Gez Kuriga. Anne-Marie won that one 3-2. Another a great final to watch with the two, the two ladies. But in the in the played final, Tom Kent, he beat Dean Hall 3-2. An, an absolutely brilliant game of, of darts. And in the shield, Eric Power beat Jim Roach 3-2. And earlier in the night, Jim Roach finished 170. Two 20s in the bowl. The best finish you can get. But the, the, the cup final between Trevor Valley and Chris Conroy was un, unbelievable. 4-3, it was the terror, but the darts that were thundered, I, I, I don't think any of the, the games were over 18 darts. They were unbelievable games. 
Well, that's certainly a good way of putting it. Joe, if you can hold that one minute, because as I said, time really is slipping away on me. I have yeah. a very quick break to take. If you can stay with me, don't go anywhere for the time being. I'm going to be back in a jiffy because I think Edwin is trying to get through to me as well about the okay. cemetery mass. Don't go anywhere. Joe is going to be having another chat to us right when we come back about the Premier League of Darts last Saturday. And that's coming up after this short break. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Looking back over the weekend action, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. My apologies to Joe, had to really cut him short to get that ad break in. We have lots of people, Joe as well, looking to know whether the cemetery mass is on in Carlo. That wasn't in fact Edwina, so I'm still waiting on the news for anyone who's waiting to hear whether it's going ahead or not. Currently the information we have is it is going ahead unless we're told otherwise. So just bear with us and as soon as we can get confirmation we will let you know. Right, time to go back over again to Joe Coyne because he was filling us in on the Premier League of Darts that was taking place last Saturday and it sounded like it was an enthralling encounter with everybody playing lots of brilliant darts lots of high finishes and Joe was going to give us a rundown on the main event itself so Joe back over to you well well well, Martin I'll tell you Andy's Bar in Ballyhale is definitely one of the best places to play darts he has seven boards on the eight boards up on a wall that's there all the time and with the sponsorship from Tuberg Jerry Comfort well drilling and Adrian O'Connor from the window playing we paid out 8,020 euros last Saturday night, which was a, a huge amount of money to pay out. Like the, the, the winner, Trevor, Trevor got 1,000 euros. Christmas runner-up, he got 600. You know, money like that the whole way down. Whoever finished last, he got 50 euros. So everybody on the night got paid, which makes a big difference, you know. Normally, you have a tournament and the top eight lads and all the rest of the people are just hanging around waiting. But if everybody is called up and everyone gets an envelope, it's, it's absolutely brilliant, brilliant for everybody. Well, that's certainly good to, to hear um, and well done to everybody involved in it. I suppose, Joe, the Premier League of Darts, that brings to an end the, the season for the Premier League as well. Overall, it sounds like it has been a, a terrific success again this year, would you say? Uh, it was a better success this year than it was Last year, Martin, far, far better this year altogether. Like, 38 people turned up to play in the final this year. Last year, it was only 29. So, that's a big increase, you know. So, and next year, next year it will be better again. I, I just know that for a fact that next year will be better again. Joe, when it comes to the, the darts now, is that the end of it for the year? Is there any other further competitions coming on? Or is it just going to be... Uh, what would they call it um, exhibitions or whatever going on between we'll say different uh, pubs or different clubs or etc is there anything coming up now or is that it until next year well that's about that's about it now for 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 the the, the big tournament like the Premier League for next year but the South East League that starts in September October around then um, lads will be playing in the pubs all the time you know so they, they, they keep, they'll keep the right in they'll keep the right in yeah uh, do you know exactly when the the Premier League is going to start next year, Joe? Has been plans been put in place? It'll probably, be around, it'll probably be around the same time again, around April. Around April next year. Yeah. And you're encouraging yeah. anybody that wants to take part in that there's always plenty of space, plenty of room for anyone yeah. who likes to ta- play darts or just thinking about taking up darts. You're more than welcome to come along and take part. I'm assuming. Yeah, you sure are, and everybody has to mark the board. But if you're not comfortable, you know, marking the board at the start. 
people, the players will help you out. They won't say, oh, Jesus, we can't mark, get him off the board. They'll help, they'll help him out. So if, if you're nervous about coming and marking, don't worry about it. It'll be all sorted out. Well, that's good to know. We can't wait until April. Yeah. Joe, I suppose the world match play is starting uh, very soon, if I'm not mistaken. It's starting on Thursday evening, um, potentially. Yeah. Uh, any favourites do you think that might be going to come out of this weekend? Do you fancy anybody or is it going to be down to the usual suspects of Varen Gerwin taking the title back-to-back or can Bully Boy himself uh, complete a, a, a fantastic uh, double because as far as I know he won the last competition if I'm not mistaken the yeah. um, the competition eludes me but uh, they didn't do too well in the World Cup of Darts but he can Cup. certainly do yeah. well in the wor- World yeah. Match Play Well the Match Play suits Van Gerwen and Michael Smith because if if you're in playing in the World Championship and you're 3-0 down well you're down the set and you, you might lose the next set 3-2 but all of a sudden you're way way behind and the legs count you know the legs, the legs all, all add up so it's a to- totally different game altogether and do you fancy anyone for it Joe? Uh, you, you just named the two people I was going to say and <laughs> Gerwin and Michael Smith yeah, I, fa- I fancy bully by myself, I have to say, this weekend coming up. Uh, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you over the, the last couple of times that we did chat. I know you were supposed to be on with Shane and Robbie at the weekend. They didn't get a chance to, to have a chat with you because of everything that was going on on the yeah. hurling front, etc. But um, I have had the pleasure of interviewing you twice now and it's been a, an absolute joy. Um, love the darts myself, I have to say as well. So getting your inside knowledge um, and having a, a chat about it with you has been a pleasure and I look forward to next year as well when the Premier League of Darts starts back up again Thanks very much Martin and I'd like to thank KCLR for all the, the interviews that they've done every week with me Yep, you're more thanks than welcome Joe thanks a million for that and enjoy the summer and getting ready for the winter period and the spring period as well of Darts coming back next April that was Joe Coyne having a chat there with us Right, I'm going to move quickly into the sports roundup because Anya Fahey is due in studio in about 30 seconds time so on Camogie News Kilkenny will host or uh, sorry I will start that again Kilkenny lost to Galway in the last round of the Under-16 All-Ireland Championship. The result means that Kilkenny won't qualify for the All-Ireland semi-final, having finished fifth in the group. Meanwhile, Carlos Under-16s will contest this year's Shield semi-final against Armagh after a two-point win over Kerry at the weekend. The Barrisiders must make the trip to the Orchard County at the weekend for that Shield semi-final, while it was joy for Peter Chap-Clear and the Carlo Intermediates as they won the relegation semi-final against Dublin at the weekend. The result means that Carlo will retain their intermediate staff for 2024. Moving along to ladies football and Carlo are through to the TG Cahar All-Ireland Junior Ladies Football Championship semi-finals. Ed side got the better of London on a scoreline of 4-11-3-9 yesterday in Netwatch Cullen Park to book their place in the last four where they will face down. In GAA news in Kilkenny tomorrow evening Winegap will take on St. Lactons of Freshford out on the Kells Road at 7.30pm in the JJ Kavanagh and Sons Junior F Hurling League final while at 8pm also tomorrow evening in the JJ Kavanagh and Sons Junior E Hurling League final Aaron Zone go up against Piltown and that game has a, 
8pm throwing and that's on in the MW Higher Training Centre they are in Dunmore in rugby news Ireland will take on France in the under 20 World Rugby Championships on a final which will take place on Friday Richie Murphy's side beast host South Africa 31-12 in their semi-final while the French got the better of our neighbours in England in golf news Leona Maguire had a disappointing final round of the women's US Open carding a 77 her highest round of the week to finish on 7 over 16 shots adrift of the winner Corpus uh, Anya Dunnigan also carded a final round of 77 to finish a shot further back the Clare amateur having opened with a blistering 69 on Thursday while Waterford's Seamus Power fic- or fired even a stunning final round of 64 to race up the leaderboard into a tie for 13th but he was six shots off the winner in the end there. Right, moving along to handball news and I just see an email coming in here from... Jerry Murphy, if I can get it up here really quickly. So, Jerry has sent me on the handball winners 60 by 30 for 2023 in the boys 14D, Jake O'Neill and Conor Minogue of Kells, 15S, Andrew Brennan from Talbot's Inch, 15D, Daniel Hayes, Darwich and Hugh Healy from Kells, in 16S, Anthony Clifford from Talbot's Inch, and in the girls 17S was Leah Ryan from Gary Hill in Carlow. Uh, right. Just to let people know as well, because I have it on my notes here, that there is going to be an open training session tomorrow evening for the supporters in UPMC Nolan Park. It is available to everybody. Entry will is via Ordon de Grosse. Supporters are asked to come along in your black and amber gear to watch the players and to train and wish them the best ahead of the All-Ireland final. There will be no access to the pitch on the night, but the players will be available for photographs and to sign autographs as well at the front of the stand after training. So that is 6.30 tomorrow evening in UPMC Nolan Park. Right, Anya Farrell has joined me in studio too discuss the Kilkenny Camogies loss I suppose yesterday while there was joy for the Kilkenny senior hurlers there was heartbreak for the senior Camogie game or what is it Anya Farrell about Crow Park Kilkenny Cork and one point victories or losses yeah, it certainly brings out probably one of the most eagerly anticipated rivalries, I think, in Camogie for, you know, numerous years now at this stage. And, you know, it, it is always a battle and a half between Kilkenny and Cork and you're dead right. There's always a point either way with both. And, you know, Kilkenny beating Cork last year by a point. You know, previous years we've had, you know, Cork tipping Kilkenny at the final hurl by a point. And I suppose yesterday, you know, 213 to 214 loss uh, for Kilkenny devastating stuff um, but you know I think we can certainly be very proud of the Kilkenny girls they they went down fighting to, literally to the to the. Sorry for end. cutting across you just had word in here confirmation from Father Tom that Mass is going ahead in St Mary's uh, for the cemetery Mass in the Cathedral uh, and that comes in from Mary Clare Mullins so thank you for that Mary Clare so anyone who is awaiting news that the cemetery Mass is going ahead it is if you want to get there and that is confirmation on that sorry Anya go um, yeah, you know, so obviously disappointing for the girls, but you know, as I was saying, there you can they can certainly hold their heads up high. Um, they have made they've really put Kilkenny Camogie on the the map over the the last couple of years, and you know they'll continue to do this, and they've been great ambassadors for the game as well. It's just heartbreaking on the day, and I suppose when you kind of look at it, uh, Cork 
definitely had their homework done and you know I suppose they, they tried that both teams tried to do a t- challenge but I think you know at the end of the day when you have a, a sub bench of Laura Hayes Hannah, or Laura Hayes Ashling Thompson and Orla Cronin being able to produce them off the bench what experience like it was crazy at one stage I was like this is absolutely crazy like the guys that they're able to, to bring off the bench like and especially in those final moments when I suppose like you need a bit of a lift you need a boost they're really just there to kind of see it over the line and they uh, they certainly did like you know they mightn't have made a huge impact in the actual game themselves but I suppose their presence alone just on the field was enough to do it you know for Kilkenny I suppose and realistically we have to talk about her Denise Gall what a performance yesterday there's no one not talking about like, it it was unreal yeah, wasn't it like it's it's absolutely amazing. One ten, one two from free. That goal she got, she literally had to st- sidestep in through three or four court girls and to just have the composure to just put that ball in the back of the net. A goal that Kilkenny certainly needed and you could see that the revival in Kilkenny, they were coming strong as well. And you know what? If there was a minute or two left on the clock, I honestly think that Kilkenny would have pushed through. But listen, such a sport, um, it's a game of inches and it can be cruel at times on the opposite end. Listen, we've been on the opposite end where we've won it um, by the point victories and we've been absolutely elated. Um, but unfortunately again yesterday just on the wrong side of it and you know disappointing it's been I think 2012 since either Cork, or, Cork on. or Kilkenny or Galway haven't been in the in the final four so this is a, a huge opportunity for, for Washford and Tipperary now as well and something that you're going to be chatting about later on on the award winning come on kind podcast as well and um, so we're going to be delving into that an awful lot more uh, mm-hmm. I suppose good news on the other front though the intermediates had a very good win over Wexford um, at the weekend albeit it probably wasn't the best spectacle in the world Seamus Kelly and the Intermediate Girls are not going to worry about that mm-hmm. they got over the line against Wexford by two points they now face Jerry in a fortnight's time yeah. uh, in the All-Ireland semi-final back in Semple Stadium in Thurles again but great for the girls to get to the All-Ireland semi Yeah absolutely brilliant really good and I suppose having it in Semple Stadium again it's going to you know the girls are going to have that experience of actually playing there only uh, only over only on Saturday so I suppose that will certainly stand to them you knew by the girls that they were definitely a bit rusty I suppose they haven't had a, a, a competitive game in five weeks and you could really really see but you know what Nish and Grish at the final seven eight minutes when they really needed to push hard and dug deep like I think we were going into the 58th 59th minute Wexford were ahead by a point they were and, and then know, it looks like it was going to maybe go to a draw and draw. there was nobody wanting to take a, a extra time in no, that game either but absolutely not look no, they brilliant. dug deep yeah they certainly did and you know I think she's definitely been a player that we've been all talking about this year and again she proved it again on Saturday absolutely outstanding well-deserved player of the match contributing four points on the scoreboard stood up when Kilkenny really needed her to stand up Laura Green was just just phenomenal on Saturday as well yeah she certainly was um, the Kilkenny girls always die with their boots on Brian Dowling has alluded to that I suppose you're going to delve into it a small little bit more mm-hmm. on the podcast as well maybe it could be we don't know the end of the road maybe for some of the players we don't know what's going to happen with management either it all depends on how mm-hmm. things go but no doubt you'll be delving a little bit more into that on the podcast uh, which will be going out tomorrow evening yeah certainly is. listen I suppose they're all going to take some time over the next couple of weeks and you know go back to their clubs and kind of you know uh, regroup okay, themselves and get you know I suppose mentally you know get themselves sorted again for a club championship campaign I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk and discussions you know kind of rifling around the county as to what's going to happen who's going to stay who's going to go but at the end of the day every single one of them can be so proud of what they've done Talking about club championships I'm going to move away then from the Camogie let you head off into the podcast world and you'll be able to 
work and belt away on it and I'll be joining you there shortly so you'll have everything ready to go but as I said we're going to stick with club championships we're going to move to the Carlo Hurling Championships and I am delighted to be joined by another member of the Left Wing Podcast Mr Kevin Regan who's joining me this evening Kevin how are you this evening good sir? Very good, Martin, and yourself? Ah, sure, not a bother at all at all on me. Things are flying along nicely. Time is going nicely, although that'll probably be the mockers now that I'll put on everything. It'll go belly up on me now, wait till you see. But anyway, things are moving along nicely. They're moving along nicely in the Carlo Hurling Championship as well, sponsored by JJ Kavanagh and Sons. You were at two games at the weekend. Give us an idea of how they went. Fill us in on who the first game you went to see anyway. Yeah, sure, look, it's all happened there really, Martin, I suppose, and... um while the glamour tie was probably Mount Anster Rangers and by the sound game of last Friday night, another game of huge intrigue would have been last Thursday night when Ballin Killen took on Nave Owen. So coming into this game, obviously, Nave Owen had given Mount Anster Rangers quite a scare. Uh, we're a poke of a ball away from winning that one. And um, a lot of people probably had maybe a bit of a fancy for them against Ballin Killen, who had struggled, albeit under strength, against St. Mullins in the first round. But I suppose on the night, the elements were absolutely horrendous, same for both sides, obviously. But it was probably a tale of two styles, I feel, where they've won, um were served well in the early part, despite the elements with a short style. But I think their, their kind of failure to adapt, maybe, might have proved costly. And, and Ballin Killen's ability to turn over ball in the middle thirds and, I suppose, the economical with it and, and, and get scores. Um, in the end, it was Ballin Killen 16 points, they've won nine points and a well-deserved win for Ballin Killen um, and they've won with a bit of work to do now so Friday then obviously as we said the glamour tie was Mount Leinster Rangers and, and by the sound Gales and look in the first few minutes it, it had all the hallmarks of living up to the classic that uh, we were hoping it would be Mount Leinster Rangers kicking off three scores in the first three minutes by the sound Gales hitting back with a goal from Jake Doyle after ten minutes it's a one point game and even coming down the home stretch towards half time you're looking at possibly a two-point game. And then Chris Nolan shows another bit of brilliance. He'd already knocked up two goals and put in Donna Murphy. And all of a slap, it's a five-point game going into halftime. And one of the Rangers have a gale force breeze going into the second half. Look, they utilise it very well in that third quarter, if you want to put it that way. And really push by the sound gales away. You just had a feeling when, when the breeze is so strong that they were going to struggle to find a way back by the sound. And Mountain Rangers were just ruthless. So even though... Jason Wall and Mark McDonald hit back with goals for Bagnestown Gales. The telling thing was for all those three goals, Rangers were to come back and immediately respond with a point within seconds from the next play, which obviously was, you know, a huge testament to them. And in turning over a ball for another goal of their own, Ted Joyce, you know, just on the edge of the small parallelogram on the Bagnestown side, turned over a ball, got a shot away. Andrew Townsend makes a great save. Donna Murphy taps the ball into the back of the net. So in the end, it was a 12-point win for Mount Leinster Rangers and it was a big signal of intent from them both sides missing a lot of quality players um, Michael Dial would be a big name off the top of my head for Mount Leinster Rangers um, obviously a good few more along with him Alan Corcoran on the Bagnestown Gale side so plenty to come back on both sides there and then the other fixture of course was Nave Breed and St Mullins St Mullins prevailing there by 12 or 13 points in the end didn't actually get to that one but um, by all accounts, uh, in the first half, that same breeze, obviously being the same night, albeit a different venue, was in favour of St Mullins. It was six points uh, to the good that they were at half time. And they just, you know, I suppose their breed are, are just that fraction off at the minute. 
and St. Mullins, as, as champions do, pushed on, did what they had to do. So that's how things finished up after round two, and obviously we're into round three then this weekend, Mark. Yeah, we certainly are. I suppose from it only is the second round in it, but from the games that you've seen um, and covered over the last couple of weeks, can you see anyone challenging uh, St. Mullins for the title again this year, or can they do it back-to-back? Yeah, well, I suppose, given the way Monster Rangers performed the other night and with the players that they have to come back, if they click like that, they will be very hard stopped. And those two sides do meet on Friday night in that West Cullen Park, so that's going to gather a huge bit of intrigue. Um, a double-headed on the course Saturday, or Sunday evening, I should say, in that West Cullen Park, 6 o'clock, by the Sound Gales and Navon. That's going to be, you know, an interesting one. Navon could get themselves back into it here, might actually fancy it, but by the Sound Gales, you know, if, if they were, you know, kind of taking they one for granted, which I'm sure they won't, it would be a game where they'd be knocked back on their heels fairly heftily. And then after that, Ballon Killing and they've really faced in the second part of that doubleheader. The one point I would like to make, Martin, if I could, is I feel you hear a lot of teams talk about maybe picking and choosing games. And it is just one of those, I suppose it's one of the drawbacks of, of the structure, which every structure will have a drawback. But as we know, in Carlo, four teams out of six go through to a semi-final. And, you know, barring something incredibly strange happens, you'll be looking at this weekend where Honest Rangers and St. Williams will both get to the semi. I feel perhaps one thing that they might look at in there is putting the top team straight into a final. Because all of a sudden, then you've only got one semi-final and only three teams making through to the knockout phases, which removes that whole thing of, well, we'll target this game and target that game. It's just one little thing which I feel dilutes it. Otherwise, a cracking championship, which has gathered momentum after the draw might done it. I suppose there is so very few clubs in Carlow. Now, we do hear about a lot of work that is being done to try and get more clubs taking part in hurling. And hopefully that will come to fruition over the next couple of years that you can build it from the six teams and maybe get it to eight teams and extend the championship a bit more. Can you see that happening within the next five years, Kevin? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a there's very good signs that that may well be the case. You only have to look at the last few underage finals, maybe at minor under 15s, where you have... Carlow Town and Bourne Rangers contesting them, which is absolutely fantastic to see. Um, obviously, you know, it's not, I suppose it's not as simple as that. You need all those players to come through. You need consistency um, over a period of time and a bit of longevity. Like Bourne Rangers, for example, are moving very well in the Junior Championship this year. A lot of those youngsters are coming on board, you know, but they won't just automatically make a jump and then make a double jump. Like, you know, they're, they're a decade putting that together to be competitive even in the junior grade. Kildavon Tony Gall have made a comeback this year, their first time in 15 years to have a team, you know, and, and considering how close they are to, you know, Hurling Heartland and Wexford, with Ferns not being too far away, for example. It's all great signs, but it is going to take that bit of time. But I certainly wouldn't see why, as you say, there may be in five years' time where we couldn't get to a stage where we have eight teams and it would be healthy. And I think we are going in the right direction. Well, certainly we'd love to see it and uh, expand it out a bit because the championship in Carlow, there's some great teams there, there's some great players as well and we look forward to the knockout stages as well. And obviously our big game here on Friday night, Kevin has already alluded to, it is going to be Mount Leinster Rangers versus St Mullins in the JJ Kavanagh and Son Senior Hurling Championship. It has an 8pm throw-in in Netwatch. Colin Park and Brendan Hennessy will have all the live action here on KCLR there on Friday evening with that game. Kevin, as always, it has 
been a pleasure um, having a chat with you if people want to get further information on the Carlo uh, Championship and that you can always listen in to the Left Wing Podcast where you delve into matters and games that little bit deeper um, as well and I have to say that I do really enjoy listening to it and getting to know a bit more about the Carlo Championship as well so for that thank you and for joining me this Monday evening thanks a million and enjoy the rest of your week good sir Pleasure as always, Martin. Same to you. Thank Perfect. You. Good man. That was Kevin Regan Bear, one of the Left Wing Podcast people. I think Kevin actually started the Left Wing Podcast, if I'm not even mistaken. So well done to him on that. He also has uh, the Formula One show going as well. And we had a chat to him about the rally. And no doubt that he will be keeping us updated on that as well. Because I know the Tarmac Championships took place in Sligo last weekend. But I know um, I didn't actually ask him about that this afternoon. So uh, maybe I should have to see how that went. But anyway, we'll get a rundown on that for the next one coming up. Right. Uh, I have a quick ad break to take. When we come back, don't go anywhere because I will be announcing the Electric Player of the Week and also the Davy Buggy Sport Mo- Davy David Buggy Motors Kilkenny Sports Star Award winner. That's coming up as well after the short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. Lahardsvolkswagen.ie Full-time on KCLR, your weekend sport in review with Martin Quilty. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Martin Quilty, approaching 527 on this Monday evening. If you're on your way to St. Mary's Cathedral to the Cemetery Mass, bring a brolly. We're being told it is going ahead, but bring the brolly because the clouds are coming in. And I've had a message into our dinners ready WhatsApp line on 0833069696 and somebody has sent me a very nice photograph to tell me that these t-shirts will make an absolute killing and it has Owen Murphy in flight saving that shot from Peter Duggan at the weekend and this listener says they're enjoying the show this evening well we hope that everybody is enjoying the show it's either a feast or a famine with me here on a Monday evening I'm either too early for the news or I'm hitting the news late but anyway we have a small little bit of time left here this evening before we go to the next ad break and to the news as well but I have two further pieces to do before I go away and we can announce because you have been voting all weekend but the winner of this month's David Buggy Motors Kilkenny Sports Star Award for the month of June is the Mullinavat Senior Football Team who closed out the month by claiming their sixth Senior Football Championship title in Kilkenny in seven seasons and their seventh county title in the club's history. So well done and keep an eye for details on that in the morning. While we have one further piece of business to do this evening, Vanessa, drum roll please. The winner of the Electric Player of the Week is... Kilkenny's goalkeeper, Owen Murphy. So we thank Lahart's home of the all-new Volkswagen ID Buzz for sponsoring the Electric Player of the Week. And it is Kilkenny's goalkeeper, Owen Murphy, for his save in the dying embers of added time, ensured the chance of revenge against John Coyley's Limerick side in a repeat of last year's final. Keep an eye on KCLR socials after 7 o'clock this evening, where you could be in with a chance to win €100 cash prize. And again, congratulations to Owen Murphy. Don't forget... The open day tomorrow evening in UPMC, Nolan Park, is at half past six. Mr. Owen Carey, 
he's in the building and he's coming up with full time from 7 to 10 playing lots of lovely music he will be with you shortly but that is it from myself here on full time until next Monday evening enjoy your sport take care and as always be sound Keeping you in the game and in the know. Full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty. I told you it's either a feast or a famine. I am too early for the news, but I did forget to mention one little piece, and that is that the All-Ireland Junior Football Championship semi-final is going to take place on uh, this Friday evening, coming at 7.15pm. It's from the National Games Development Centre in Abbottstown, and it is between Kilkenny and London. And moi is going to be there commentating on that game. Only my second football game in history, but we are going to be looking forward to and just while I am waiting for the news to come on because I am still a little bit early just to run down then in Friday night the JJ Kavanagh and Sons Senior Hurling Championship in Netwatch Cullen Park at 8 o'clock Brendan Hennessy will be there to bring you all of the live action between Mount Leinster Rangers and St Mullins and we are in All-Ireland Fever there is an open training session for supporters tomorrow evening at 6.30pm in UPMC Nolan Park entry is via Ordon de Gross wear your black and amber you will be able to get to pitch side to have photographs and get uh, training photographs whatever you want autographs uh, players will be available to do it you won't have access to the pitch but you can certainly get down onto the front of the stand and the team will meet you there but for the time being it's almost 7 o'clock time to get ready for the main news and again until next Monday evening I will see you then bye again